Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast with practical advice for mid-career professionals. I'm Kat. And I'm Liz. Hey, Liz, how's it going? It's great. Uh, How are you? I am doing well, enjoying uh, all that 2024 is uh, bringing in. (laughs) Happy New Year. So we have a letter. And this is a great one because it's one of those things where someone asks a question because they just are stuck and like, we're able to unstick them. Here's a big shocker. We have strong (laughs) opinions and the same opinions on this topic. So you you want to read us the listener letter? I would love to. And just so that people know, we've met with this listener and done this live with them, but this is their story and they're not, you know. It's not for public consumption, but just so that you know, this is, we've already helped this person out. So we did that right yeah, away. We, we would we do that a, with any of your letters. We did a session and mm-hmm. this particular person was happy for us to share the information, but preferred to, to remain confidential. So without further ado, Liz, go ahead and read it. Sweet. Dear Real Job Talk. I hope this message finds you well. Currently, I'm at a crossroads in my professional journey and would greatly appreciate your perspective. I'm in the early stages of my career and have recently been presented with a transitional offer following the acquisition of my current employer. This offer includes a severance and bonus package for a period of four to six months. As I plan to re-enter the job market in early 2024, I'm contemplating whether to disclose this financial cushion during the initial stages of my job applications or to bring it up later in the negotiation phase post-offer. In your experience, do you believe mentioning this package early could be advantageous in the job application process? Additionally, could this information serve as a leverage point during salary negotiations? Thank you, a listener. So I thought we had a really good conversation with this person. So we appreciate the letter and hopefully our advice was helpful, but we want to share this. So bottom line, no, you do not need to share that information uh, ever that you've been given a severance package especially if you're applying for jobs and the search is initiated by you and you decide not to stay through the period where you've got your golden handcuffs, that's your choice. Mm -hmm. So, and what are golden handcuffs? Yeah. So golden handcuffs are, you know, in something like this where your company has been acquired and they'd like to keep your knowledge at least for a little while, they give you incentives to stay. The company says, hey, if you stay this much time, I'll give you this much money. If you stay this much time, I'll give you this much money. If you stay the whole time, I'll give you an extra bonus at the end. And they're called handcuffs because they keep you there. They're golden because it's money. And companies do this to keep your knowledge until they don't need it anymore. That's right. They To, to assist in the transition as well, right? Mm-hmm. To make sure that the transition goes as smoothly as possible. Yeah. And also to make sure that the information that you carry that you're able to share that with the people that are going to continue to work there. Think of it as you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. Yeah. You know, we advise this person to, if they're initiating, Mm -hmm. they do not need to share uh, this situation at all. No. Uh, And if they end up leaving before, that's okay. Mm -hmm. They just will not get that bonus. Mm -hmm. Now we actually (laughs) advise this person to stay because this person is two years into their career, maybe two, two and a half, something like that, early career. And the prospect of going through an acquisition Mm -hmm. and merger, right? An acquisition Mm -hmm. situation is actually a really great experience to have on your resume. Mm -hmm. And the amount of the handcuffs was a significant amount Mm -hmm. that could, that could really impact their future if they were able to bank that 
um, and not lose any money in the process, right? If they mm-hmm. if they were able to get a job shortly, you know, right at the time that the other job ends, okay. they would end up with, you know, potentially money for a, a down payment of a house. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't um, a small what? amount. So they would gain experience and then also have a little bit of a nest egg. So yeah. we, you know, we thought, why not? You know, if you can, if you can tolerate it, <laughs> start your search. And we talked about all those things that we talk about, like a must-have list, and sure. you know, getting the resume together, and just you know, starting with a target list of companies, and and starting to really strategize your job search. Mm-hmm. But we actually advised this person to do all that stuff up front: the resume, the target list. But maybe, given the career level, maybe start the search in the spring to give a few months time for mm-hmm. the search. And at that point, they could always say, hey, I, the company has asked me to stay until August and I'd like to do that just out of loyalty. And most companies, if they're very interested, mm-hmm. are willing to wait a month or so. That's why we said, maybe don't start the search right away because for sure. you know, time it so that you have an offer that comes in around the time or maybe a, a month or so-ish before. You know, That's what we recommended mm-hmm. if they are being proactive with their search. Now there's another approach. And Liz, you want to talk about that? Well, so I think we broke it down. So we basically said, if you're reaching out and applying for jobs, bottom line, your company is paying you to stay because they want you to stay. That is not new company's problem. New company doesn't care if you stay. In fact, new company wants you to go. And so why should new company take on the debt of you staying, you're choosing not to stay. If you want to choose to stay, you take the money or you wait Mm -hmm. and you take the money. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really careful. I just heard a story literally yesterday about someone who at the end of their job search, they were getting an offer and all of a sudden like, actually, I want this much more. And actually, I'd like you to pay out my bonus. And actually, I want this. And guess what they got? Actually, they got no offer because Mm At the end, all of a sudden, they're giving a dump truck of demands that never came out before. Not Mm -hmm. smart. Mm -hmm. So like if a recruiter reaches out to you, it's a different story. If if a a recruiter Mm -hmm. comes to this person and says, hey, I don't know that you're looking, but I'm really interested in you, you can use the retention bonus, the handcuffs is like, well, your company looks really interesting, but I've got these golden handcuffs until later this year. Maybe that'll come with a sign on. They probably won't pay out the whole thing, but it could give you a little something. But at the end of the day, it's a personal choice. Do you want the career experience of staying through the golden handcuffs period or do you want to get out and get on to your next thing? So it might help you a little in the end for them to know what you're giving up, but not if you reached out to them. Mm -hmm. So that was a really big differentiator of how you can leverage that money, but you're not going to get the whole thing and you're going to have to decide career-wise what's best for you because while it's significant money, it's not going to like change your life either way. The new job, you could be wildly successful and make boodles of money. You know, you just don't mm-hmm. know. So this is where, you know, you've got your must-have list, right? Yes. You've got your must-have list, which, you know, if you're a new listener, you can go to realjobtalk.com go to the resources page. And one of the top uh, documents is a must have list. And that uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. That just helps you to get really clear on what you must have to make Mm -hmm. a move. So at some point, this person is going to have to make move. So our advice is if they get an offer that is super compelling and that meets all of the criteria that are on their must have list, Mm -hmm. 
we would encourage them to really consider that offer if it's got the growth opportunities that they're looking for, et cetera. If the offer checks off every tag on your on your must have mm-hmm. list, then really consider that offer, even if it means giving up a little bit of that money for the yeah. with the goal that extra money. Yeah, and we said you know do a pros and cons list of staying versus going, and then as opportunities come your way, either through you looking at you know reaching out or not, do a pro and con. Li- yeah, we're big fans of the pros and cons. Yes, staying versus going and using your must have list as a guide, lo- using the career opportunities as a guide, and making this person understand that where you are in your career, learning and opportunity are your drivers. But using this moment to decide what size company is next, what type of manager is next, like you can really do some soul searching based on what you've seen in those early days of your career and then market yourself accordingly. So Mm -hmm. it's a good opportunity, especially like how ideal is it to have golden handcuffs that are a few months long? Like you get Mm -hmm. a total long runway on your search. But the hard part is something comes up quickly and then you're like, uh, you know, you've got this moment. But that's exactly what the golden handcuffs are for. Exactly. And also that's not, you know, we also discussed that perhaps there's a, a an opportunity within the current company. Absolutely. There might be a really great, a really great manager that person wants to work for. And for sure. You know, and so that's, you know, we we encouraged, we encourage this person to, you know, to to, you know, continue to do the best work they possibly can Mm -hmm. and to look for opportunities. And this person wants to be a leader eventually. So to step into leading themselves to the best of their abilities, because we can, regardless of our title, we all are CEOs of our own life and our own career. Mm -hmm. And that they navigate this transition period is going to be, you know, it's going to be telling to the new, the, the new employer, meaning the company that bought the old company, and there may be opportunity. They may see. They say, "Hey, we we may not want to lose this person, so let's put together an attractive offer." Yeah, and it's going to be more likely that they will do that if the person is doing an exceptional job and isn't For just sure. phoning it in because they've yeah. got the golden handcuffs. Right. And it's also what an opportunity for networking because you know when your company's been acquired, everybody kind of knows. That mm-hmm. you've been acquired. So it's an opportunity to learn for, about new groups, maybe learn mm-hmm. about what's going on over here. How does the new company do stuff? Meeting mm-hmm. people there who is a whole new network of people. So it really opens up opportunities for expanding your network and mindfully being like, I've always been curious about that part, you know, that part of what we do. Maybe I'll set up some time and learn a little bit. So it's it's a time to proactively learn to prepare for your next thing. So, and, and you don't have to hide that you're looking kind of thing because like everyone's going to be looking this year. Everyone's trying to beef up their resumes and share in different things. Like, so there, it, it's a more open situation, except for the people that have full-time offers, but That's everyone right. in, in the golden handcuffs world can support each other. And that's, yes. that's, that's a pretty cool thing that you don't experience very often in your career. And luckily the company is being really generous and there's severance at the end. Like, so nobody's going to be out on the street because they're being really generous. But the bottom line to this question was if this person is actively going out there and seeking a new role, 
that new employer has no obligation to pay any of your severance or retention bonuses. No. They, you know, they, they're the ones, they don't want to retain you. It's your current company. <laughs> Does. So that should right. not be part of your search strategy outside of, you know, outside of timing. Yeah. And it's kind of a different story, you know, on the, if you're being pursued and, and, and the only other thing I want to add, if you're being pursued by another, another company is to get that information out there quickly, you know, mm-hmm. oh, actually, actively looking right now because I'm planning on staying yes. until, you know, mid summer because, because I'm incented to do so. And then a good recruiter is going to ask questions to find out what the incentives are because they're going to want to know what would be needed to be able to pull you before then. And in that case, you may have some negotiation ability. To- but it's not going to be the whole thing because your skill set isn't unique enough yet for it to be worth it for them because they can get someone else without yep. the big sign-on bonus. But it might be get, could get you a couple thousand dollars or something, mm-hmm. which is better than a kick in the teeth. But mm-hmm. I would say to be very clear in that situation of like, but I, my, what really interests me is learning and growth and my next opportunity. So, because a recruiter is going to hear, Oh my God, they've got golden hand, huge golden mm-hmm. handcuffs. I'm out. Like there's no point in me pursuing this person. Cause they'll never sign. Cause what does a recruiter want at the end of the day? People who are going to ready to sign. Yep, on the they want to close their job. Yep, and maybe close. I have to finagle it. But if this person loses five figures by signing, I don't want, like, I don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, the smart person in that situation is going to like lay it all out. This is what I'm looking for, for salary. This is where mm-hmm. I'm at, yada, yada, yada. And I have these golden handcuffs, but I wouldn't expect you to pay them all out. Like, I'm really interested in this company. I want to pursue this, you know, but I want you to know kind of about my golden handcuffs because you don't want them to hang up on you and then move on because they're intimidated by your price. Unless so, that's your driving motivation and you're going to stick it out for the price. Like that's up to you. So we also encourage people to, when they know that they're going to go into a conversation like this, to have some notes written in front of them mm-hmm. that they can refer to, to make sure that they're covering all of the pieces that are essential for the recruiter or the hiring manager to know to be able to facilitate an offer if it's a, if it's a good fit. But I think we've covered most of that, Liz. Did we miss anything? I just think it's really important for people to be clear on what they want and for people mm-hmm. to be confident in who they are and, and spend time thinking of how they're presenting themselves to the market and what they're looking for and what their strategy is for their search. Um, and what's really important to them. If getting all that money for the golden handcuffs is really important to you, Okay. If having the security of having a full-time job and not, and the anxiety of the unemployment line coming at you is too much, then the money's not worth it. Like really getting clear on where you are. And we did that work with this person to get them there a little bit more. I think that's going to be your strength. Yeah. That's going to help you with the decision. Knowing who you are and what you bring mm-hmm. to the table and having some confidence and power behind that mm-hmm. is what's going to help you to get hired. For sure. For sure. And also you have a runway, like get that resume ready, be ready to mm-hmm. go. Like you got prep time. You got prep time and you can, as you learn more, you can refine that. We always say that that must have list is like a living document. It's that in pencil. it changes. It changes as, as you learn more mm-hmm. and as you get more skills and as you get more clear on what it is you actually really want. Yep. 
for sure. So spend some time with yourself. Think about it. Think about the pros and cons, you know, and if you have a question like this, sit and stew. Call us, tell a friend to call us, uh, realjobtalk at gmail.com. We are happy to get on a call or answer in an email and help you out. That's what we're here for. Until next time. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and real job talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at realjobtalk. And on Instagram and Facebook at realjobtalkshow. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at dailycat. And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beeks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a Tech Reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you.